Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, a special month-long look at the Omen franchise. Since the Omen is 40 years old this year, and also this June is the 6th of June 2016, these signs are all here, all dare I say it, the Omens are here. This is a movie that made me mistrust children, and in fact made me come up with the rules of horror. Number one, never trust Trust children, especially little dark haired ones. 2. Never trust old people. 3. Never mess with the devil or the occult. And of course 4. Always do a nod to Psycho, preferably in a shower. On to the supposed curse of the movie. Let's start off with Gregory Peck's aeroplane as he's making his way over from America to Britain. He was struck by lightning. And 3 days later one of the producers was on the same plane and was also struck by lightning. Hmm, coincidence. An IRA bomb almost killed a production crew as I went out for dinner one night. And luckily their car broke down just as they were heading towards the diner. And boom, it went off. Hmm. A plane was chartered to film. However, due to some unseen problems, the plane was not needed for the entire day. So it was given to an off-duty pilot. And... He was told he could fly for the rest of the day. However, as he was taking off, the plane struck a flock of birds and crashed on takeoff um, onto a highway and into a car. And inside the car was the plane, the pilot's family, his wife and two kids, I believe, and all were killed in the accident. And finally, the special effects manager or guy uh, was in a car crash with his girlfriend, who was beheaded. When the effects guy looked up, he saw a road sign saying 66.6 kilometres to the nearest town. Hmm, is this a curse or is it just a coincidence? I'll leave that one up to you to decide. Also, one very quick thing before I start. I will not be doing Omen 4, The Awakening, as that has got bugger all to do with Damien. And I will only be doing the four Omen movies with Damien in them. So with that said, on with the show. Starring... Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, Harvey Stevens, David Warner, Billy Whitlaw and Patrick Troughton, directed by Richard Donner. For the plot, an American ambassador to Britain is played by mysterious deaths and is convinced his son is the Antichrist. Can he be stopped before the devil arises? The movie opens with some simple black titles and an image of a little boy with an upside down cross of his forest shadow. While a chorus chants Latin phrases. Once the titles are over, we are introduced to Gregory Pexy's Robert Thorne as he rushes to hospital on June the 6th at 6am. While a priest is heard in voiceover saying the child is dead, it breathed once, then died, the child is dead. Inside, he makes a deal with the priest to have a child handed over to him he could pass off as his own, wanted to spare his wife, who has always wanted children, the pain of a stillborn baby. Asking what happened to his, its mother and father, it is said the father is unknown and the mother died in childbirth, the same time as his son did. Warning sign number one. Taking the baby in his arms, he hands it over to his wife, Catherine Thorne, played by Lee Remick, and the perfect family is now complete. The movie then fast forwards a few years and the couple are moving to Britain as he is no longer the ambassador to Italy. 
Cut to London, as the Thorns are driven to their huge country estate by a Jaguar, but of course because this is in Britain. The movie shows the family wandering around the grounds of the estate at sunset as Peck tells Remick he is going away for America for a few days, to America for a few days, leaving his wife alone with Damien. After a scare with Damien falling behind uh, the parents and them thinking he's drowned in the river slash waterfall with the choir chanting menacingly, luckily he is found okay and the movie shows pictures of Damien growing up until his fifth birthday when we meet Damien played by Harvey Stevens being held by his nanny played by Holly Palance, Jack Palance's daughter which explains why he narrates the behind the scenes features on the 30th anniversary DVD set. We are then introduced to David Warner playing photographer Jennings who Remarks, is this the child's birthday or the return of Jesus Christ himself? Well, not quite there, but hey <laughs> After Mrs. Thorne takes Damien from the nanny, she wanders off and gets hypnotised by a Rottweiler dog. In some great close-up scenes of both the dogs and the actress's eyes, in some very simple yet effective shots, we convey she's been possessed by the dog or a demon or whatever. The party then continues and Damien has fun until the nanny calls his attention she jumps off the roof of the house and hangs herself smashing a glass window stunning the kids and also during the stunt apparently the stunt woman damaged her ankle because it was real glass to news instead of fake glass oh dear so it's for you folks <clears throat> anyway moving on as the camera gets a shot of damien just staring blankly at the dog leaves at the dog which then runs off the next day, the press hound Mr. Thorne at the American Embassy, which, by the way, was actually the real American Embassy, and the crew was allowed to film inside on one Sunday morning. Yeah, you try and do that one today. Mm. We are then introduced to the second Doctor himself, Patrick Troughton, playing slightly mad Father Brennan, telling Thorne that he must take communion and let Christ into his life because only he can fight the Antichrist. Also that he was there the night of Damien's birth and saw its real mother. One thing that really annoyed me about the director's commentary was Richard Donner talking about Troughton being in some silly British TV show, something about a doctor. Yeah, you mean Doctor Who? The longest running science fiction show ever? And yes, I am a fan. And yes, I'll be doing the American made-for-TV <coughs> movie in August as it turns 20 years old this year, but that's in August. So back to this movie. The priest gets escorted out of the building by security guards as Jennings takes a photo of him. Cut to Jennings developing the pictures in a dark room when he notices a shadow over the father's shoulder. Cut again to another nanny, a Mrs. Baylock, played by, played menacingly by Billy Whitelaw, as an anti-Mary Poppins type. After some confusion over where Mrs. Baylock came from, she smooths things over by saying she's from the agency and hands over a letter. So, just like that, no checking, she is hired. Well, I guess it was a different time, folks, so, hmm, you somebody's for you. <laughs> she walks into Damien's room and tells him he has nothing to fear, as she is here to protect him. See, I just love how Damien is shot and framed with a roaring fire behind him, giving 
subtle hints that he might actually be the Antichrist. Another day and the thorns are going to a wedding. Unfortunately, just as the car pulls up, Damien panics and attacks his mother. And poor Lady Remick almost about lost her scalp to the non-acting little boy. Interesting fact about the little boy was the producers went to every single acting school within a 50 mile radius and saw almost every kid in the age range. However, they couldn't find any, anyone. So, Richard Donner found this little boy who had blonde hair and dyed his hair black, straightening his hair after a meeting where he gets his bird Richard Donner asked him to go wild and Richard Donner got punched in the balls a few times. So the little boy was hired as Damien. Later that night, the Thorns discuss in Mrs Thorns' private bedroom about how Damien hasn't been ill a day in his life, also how weird it was for him just to suddenly attack. However, Mrs Thorns just passes this off as him being a healthy young little boy and him getting a fright of his life. Yeah, warning sign number two. If your little darling is spooked by religious artefacts, then there may be something wrong with him. Wanting to tuck Damien under for the night, Mr Thorne faces off with Mrs Baylock over the Rockflower dog she's let into the house in order for it to watch over Damien. And this poor dog was a huge softy. So, in order for the crew to have him snarl and growl, they put elastic bands over its top jaw, forcing it to snarl constantly. Ah, the 70s. Well, no one gave a fuck about animal cruelty. It's on to another day, as Mrs. Storm takes Damien to a safari park, where every animal he sees runs off afraid. In fact, according to the director's commentary, the giraffe that ran off away from Damien actually had a heart attack and died that day. So chalk one more up for the omen curse there. Mm. So poor Remick almost was attacked for real with the actual the baboons as Donner first used a baby baboon in the back of the car but then of course he decided to up the game and steal the alpha male which caused him to get all riled up and almost ripped the roof off the the car scaring both Remick and young Harvey also Donna who was in the back seat filming it while holding the baboon down so that is real fear in the face of the actors folks real goddamn fear <laughs> and I can't blame for one little second warning sign number three Animals are afraid and will attack without prompting, then maybe something wrong with your little deer. So listen at night, Mrs. Thorne asks to see a psychiatrist as she has deep fears of things and has an uneasy feeling about Damien. It's another day as Thorne, Mr. Thorne is at a rugby match filmed on the actual grounds of Windsor Castle, which you can see in the background. Which is where Father Brennan finally gets a minute with Thorne after stalking his house earlier in the movie to tell him to meet him at Bishop's Park for a five minutes meeting. So Jennings snapped more pictures of the priest and again we see him develop them in his dark room. And again the photos have a shadow over the shoulder of the father. Later the next day, Thorne meets Father Brennan who quotes from the Bible, which I won't get into because it's too long of a quote. He also tells him to go to a town called Megado. I think that's how I pronounce that in the old city of Jezreel to meet a man called Berhagen. He also states his wife is pregnant and is in danger as Damien won't let that child live. This is where Brennan meets his demise as the wind chases him into an old churchyard where lightning strikes the church's steeple, killing the priest with a lightning rod. 
So poor Patrick Trouton had to stand there perfectly still as a rod fell from the church. He refused to do so, so an editor had to stand in place and show it was perfectly safe. However, off camera, the editor said that it was the most terrifying thing he had ever done, but it was perfectly safe. So the rod falls, pinning the priest and killing him dead. Cut to Damien playing loudly annoying Mrs. Thorne, who has grown weary of Damien. She also says that psychiatrist needs to speak to him, and also she no longer wants any kids, and wants an abortion as she is now pregnant. Weird how at the start of the movie she was more than happy to have kids, and halfway through it she somehow doesn't. So the movie then shows Mr. Thorne at the psychiatrist of his wife, as the doctor explains she thinks Damien might be evil, and fears for the life of the second child. The doctor tells him, tells Thorne to have an abortion, making me think the doctor was in on this and maybe in a few cut scenes here and there, but apparently, according to the director's commentary, no. However, Thorne refuses and rushes home. At home, Damien is playing with his tricycle, which Kubrick stole and used in The Shining. Shot for shot, pretty much, almost. <laughs> anyway, moving on. As Mrs. Baylock silently tells Damien to kill his mother and unborn baby. Again, with some great close-up shots of the eyes and some just some great acting here. So off Damien goes at full speed to knock his mother off the table she's using to feed the, pot, the hanging potted plants. Smashing into the table, a fishbowl falls, falls, showing the height and danger. And don't worry, according to the director's commentary, they were sardines, not goldfish, and they were painted orange, so no real fish were harmed. Damien then just lets his mother fall. An interesting little fact for you here, Lady Emmett could refuse to do this stunt, even though she was be wired. So they had her sitting on a dolly, and have the ground come to her. And then have real fish laying in the background to link up both shots. So cut to Thorne visiting his wife in hospital after getting hounded by the press yet again. In the hospital hallway, he is told bluntly by a doctor that she has lost a child, also she has a few broken bones and internal bleeding, but will be perfectly fine. Yeah, that's perfectly fine, okay, just lose your kid, but no problem, you're perfectly fine. Mm. Yeah, moving on. It is then a dazed Mrs. Thorne, Charles Thorne, don't let him kill me, don't let Damien kill me. And then she passes out. Back home, Thorne tries to check on Damien, but is scared off by the hellhound dog. Jenkins calls the house to arrange a meeting to show him his findings about the priest and the first nanny. At Jenkins's house, Jennings' house rather, Jenkins, Jennings' house, he shows Thorne his findings that both the priest and the nanny had pictures showing how they would die. Also, that the priest had a 666 mark on his inner thigh, which wasn't a tattoo, but was actually a birthmark. Making me think, why was Damien the Antichrist if this priest had a 666 mark? Hmm. Did I have to just wait until he had politics into his life before this thing happened? Oh, no idea. Anyway, little plot hole there. <coughs> Moving on. Cut to Father Brennan's room, and it's covered in Bible pages and crosses, where Jennings goes over the clippings that the priest had, including one about a comet turning into a star, much like the one in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, only over Rome on the 6th of June. Then one about Damien's birth on the 6th of June at 6am. 
Hmm, coincidence. It's here Thorne tells the truth about Damien and how he's not his real son. So Jenkins asks if he can help him to find out who he is, saying that his death has also been foreseen in a picture, as he took a picture in the mirror while there with the police earlier and shows his head cut off. Back at the hospital, Mrs Thorne has moved into a private room. This is important for later. So, back at the house. Mrs. Baylock says the other staff had just up and left. Did she kill them or did she just scare them off? Hmm. Leaving just her to be in charge of Damien. Warning sign number five. If your loyal staff just up and leave, something is amiss with this creepy ass nanny. So it's back to Rome. And Thorne and Jenkins try to hunt down Damien's birth parents. However, are told the hospital where he got Damien had burnt down mysteriously five years earlier, destroying all traces and records. However, the priest in charge is still alive. So off go Thorne and Jenkins to hunt down this priest, stopping for coffee, where they find out the devil's son shall be born into politics. Finally, they hunt down the priest that gave him Damien, but is told the priest is catatonic and barely speaks. I can barely move, apart from his left hand. He also says he has fallen from the grace. Thorne has shown the writings of the former priest, which included a 666 mark, which is supposed to be the number of the beast. He's then given the name of where Damien's real mother is buried. So off they go to find the grave, which holds the bones of a Jekyll. Also the bones of his real dead son, with its skull bashed in. So the priest must have just killed him because he was in amongst it too. Just then, they are attacked by a pack of Rottweilers, again with rubber bands over their top jaws, barely escaping with their lives. Now, according to the director's commentary, the dogs were more interested in humping each other than attacking. However, one dog did manage to bite through the safety equipment, causing the stuntman to bleed heavily, sending the dogs into a complete and utter frenzy. And apparently, both Gregory Peck and David Warner were almost viciously mauled by the dogs. So cut to Mrs Thorne in hospital, and Thorne calls to tell her to leave London and get to Rome ASAP. However, Mrs Baylock shows up and pushes her to her death from her private hospital room. Hmm, maybe if she was in the ward and not in that private room, this would not have happened. Hmm. So one of Thorne's aides, one of Thorne's aides calls him, telling his wife is dead, just as Jenkins shows up to tell him the place they need to be in is just outside Jerusalem. And also the person they need to speak to is a former exorcist. There's also something to do with some sort of archaeological dig where they're finding stuff from 2000 plus years ago. Cut to Jerusalem, where they meet Berhagen, played by Leo McKern, who's famous over here as Rumpel of the Bailey, who gives Thorns the Knives of Christ and is told he must be killed on holy ground on the altar of God. He also tells him about the three sixes birthmarks, which Thorne says is number on his body, as he knows every inch of his body. So the former exorcist tells him it must be under his hairline. But wait, if Robert knows every inch of the child's body while he's been bathing him, surely he should have saw the three six birthmark before now, or even a hairdresser, I mean, come on, it's right behind the right ear, come on. Leaving the cave, Jennings demands answers, Thorne tells him about the devil's mark, and killing his son. He also refuses to do so, throwing the knives away. 
This is where Jennings loses his head in some great practical effects as a truck with a pane glass window miraculously moves itself and Jennings loses his head as it slices it clean off. David Warner still has his head to this day. Well, actually his ex-wife does now as she got it in the divorce. <laughs> Why would she want a decapitated husband's head is beyond me. Getting a private jet back to London because he would never get those nice past customs, he gets back to the house and gets stopped by the dog. However, he locks it in the basement, gets a pair of scissors from his wife's bedroom, sneaks into Damien's bedroom and cuts his hair. And he finds the three sixes behind the ear. Again, how is this the first time he's ever noticed this? Hmm. Just then, from behind, Mrs. Baylock attacks him. However, she is quickly thrown off and knocked out. Thorne then somehow falls down the stairs and drags the unconscious Damien as Mrs. Baylock attacks again. The scuffle on the kitchen floor and she's killed by an ice pick to the neck. Driving to the nearest church, Thorne keeps Damien down with one hand and then carries the devil child into the church. However, before Thorne could drive the holy knife into Damien's chest, he is shot by an armed policeman and killed. Cut to the funeral of the Thorne family, as Damien is handed over to the President of the United States. The camera pans down to Damien as he smirks at the camera as credits roll. So that was The Omen 1976, a slow burner, old school horror movie with atmosphere to spare, and a legit classic. 6 out of 10, or maybe that should be 666 out of 10. <laughs> anyway. Come back next week when I look at 1978's Omen 2, Damien, and the rest of the month when I do the rest of the Omen franchise. Bye. Sorry.